Welcome back to the Weissman's Page, the podcast where we interview the administrative assistant of Weissman's Costumes. So, it seems like it's a tough job being the page for Weissman's Costumes. Who's the page? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> it's not my fault. This is page 726. How do you follow the moon? My time with Tempe had taught me to appreciate the different sorts of pauses that can punctuate a conversation. Edemic is a language that says as much with silence as with words. There is a pregnant pause, a polite pause, a confused pause. There is a pause that implies much, a pause that apologizes, a pause that adds emphasis. This pause was a sudden gape in the conversation. It was the empty space of an indrawn breath. I sensed I had said something very clever or something very stupid. Shaheen shifted in her seat, and the air of formality evaporated. Sensing we were moving on, I let my mind settle out of spinning leaf. Shaheen turned to look at Carceret. What do you say? Carceret had set like a statue through all of this, expressionless and still. I say as I have said before, Tempe has netted us all. He should be cut away. This is the reason we have laws. To ignore a law is to erase it. To blindly follow law is to be a slave, Tempe said quickly. Shaheen gestured sharp rebuke, and Tempe flushed with embarrassment. As for this, Carceret gestured at me, dismissal. He is not of Edemre. At best, he is a fool. At worst, a liar and a thief. And what he said today? Shaheen asked. A dog can bark three times without counting. Shaheen turned to Tempe. By speaking out of turn, you refuse your turn to speak. Tempe flushed again, his lips growing pale as he struggled to maintain his composure. Shaheen drew a deep breath and let it out slowly. The Ketan and the Lithani are what make us a Demre, she said. There is no way a barbarian can know of the Ketan. Both Tempe and Carceret stirred, but she held up a hand. At the same time, to destroy one who has understanding of the Lithani is not correct. The Lithani does not destroy itself. She said destroy very casually. I hoped I might be mistaken as to the true meaning of the Edemic word. Shaheen continued, There are those who might say, This one has enough. Do not teach him the Lathani, because whoever has knowledge of the Lathani overcomes all things. Shaheen gave a severe look to Carceret. But I am not one who would say that. I think the world would be better if more were of the Lathani. For while it brings power, the Lathani also brings wisdom in the use of power. There was a long pause. My stomach knotted itself as I tried to maintain a calm appearance. I think, Shaheen said at last, it is possible Tempe did not make a mistake. That's the page. My name's Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. I really love this page. Uh, It's got so much going on. We get so much characterization of Carceret so quickly. We get so much of like how... Shaheen chooses to lead and what her interpretation of like her culture's philosophy is. And we all like, this is also like some of the most animation we get out of Tempe, perhaps because the stakes are so high and he's in the presence of his teacher who he respects very much. And Quoth in it all is like kind of delightfully naive about everything. I don't know. It's just great. It's, it's, it's real good. Is Carceret wearing red? Yes. Okay. I feel like I heard, I read I feel like we read, not on this page, but the last, that there was someone else in, like, gray cloth, other than Shaheen. Because Shaheen wears white. 
right? Yes. And I feel like it said someone else in gray homespun. Uh, I think that's just one of the people who passes him by while he's outside. Okay. But you raise a good point. Do they wear their red when they're like off duty? A few people walked past in the hallway, two in mercenary reds and another in simple gray homespun. Yeah. So it's not like, okay. it's not like, I mean, maybe, maybe they're on duty. Maybe they're in uniform or maybe it's something that you, you wear. It's not just something that like indicates that you're like working as a mercenary. It is status. It is cultural status and it is uh, worn all the time within the community too. Similar to the same way that like in feudal Japan, Tokugawa era Japan, like only samurai could wear the two swords uh and it and and they were kind of expected to wear them out and about in the same and in the same way that like in medieval europe and and uh early modern europe certain colors of clothes were reserved for people of certain social ranks like you weren't allowed to wear clothes made of a certain material because then people would think that you were of a different social class than you were why did that uh jump out to you jordana i just for some reason because Carceret has an air of authority to them, not not the way that Shaheen does, but more so than, say, Tempe, I thought that maybe Carceret would wear gray because they would they would be higher up the ladder. I think the last time we saw her, she was wearing red. I don't think that we yet have evidence for the idea that there are, like, kind of gradations of rank within the, the red-wearing mercenaries. Well, we do okay. get a sense of rank a bit later on, but not in the way of like, not like a color ranking system. It seems like Tempe is below Carceret. Certainly in social rank, like for sure below Carceret in social rank. Just like, like a general how people feel about Tempe versus how people feel about Carceret in like a non-official format. Carceret stands higher. Yeah. I mean, I think we also understand from that, that she's like, higher ranking in the mercenary like martial order and later on when quoth does his test they literally rank them they like stand on a hill and quoth is expected to like pass them one by one in rank of of how dangerous they are right with shaheen at the top i do want to push back at the assertion that people have been making on this podcast that tempe is somehow like a dummy and regarded as like kind of like a a lesser like he's like not a very bright student or whatever because i don't think that's the sense that i get from this at all in fact i think the point is that tempe is closer to shaheen's teaching than carceret is because tempe has taken a big risk and he's like broken a cultural taboo and according to shaheen's assessment that may have actually been the right thing to do in this situation Right. She's saying like, yeah, he like broke our law, but I actually think in this case he might have been right to do it. You you are absolutely wrong that they that like, sorry, I, I, well, yes, you are wrong. Tempe is thought of as being a dummy and that will become explicit within a few pages. Uh, but I think that you're right that he has like perhaps not mindfully cleaved closer to Shaheen's teachings or Shaheen's philosophy than he understood. But I, I definitely think that Tempe is thought of as being kind of a dummy. I also think and this is like unspoken, but I think there is a bit of sexism that is central in Adamic culture where men are thought of as lesser men are thought of as extraneous. So it might not be entirely Tempe, Tempe's fault, Tempe's character, but men are not as well thought of, it seems. And we'll get to that. I also think that we get a demonstration of how the Adams say a lot without saying a little and they 
they do that through like metaphor when Carceret says a dog can bark three times without counting. She's saying like, you know, a, cl- a broken clock is right two times a day. Just because he happened to say something that sounded smart and insightful doesn't mean he actually understands what he's talking about. He like guessed and got lucky. That's it. Yes. I think that it is a saying that I have not heard before, but made perfect sense in the moment. In this case, I don't think that it's like a familiar cultural idiom. I think that Carceret freestyled it, but that's just how Adam talk. It's almost like a flighting or a kenning in in old uh, Germanic languages, like that same kind of linguistic convention. What what is that? What does that mean? A kenning, uh, you'll see it a lot in like Norse or old English poetry, which is where you you construct a metaphor by kind of hyphenating two words. So a common example of one is like the whale road means the sea, the road that whales travel on. Those were like things that you would construct in in a poem. Like they're not like established cultural phrases or like idioms that everybody knows. They're things that you would make up. And in the old English Germanic Saxon uh, Viking tradition of flighting, which is essentially a medieval rap battle that would take place at a feast or before a fight, like a, a battle, you would basically freestyle a poem dissing your opponent and saying how great you were and how much ass you were going to kick and how much mead you were going to drink and whatever. And you would use Kennings in that to demonstrate your poetic abilities and your linguistic superiority over your opponent. Nowadays, a Kenning is used to refer to a long victory streak on Jeopardy. This reminds me, actually, Jeremy, of something at the top of this page where there is a sudden gape in the conversation, the empty space of indrawn breath. That's a Caesura, dude. It would be if it was in a poem. <gasps> yeah, but maybe this is a poem. Like like, like their conversation is a poem? What I'm saying here is that Quoth has like caused a gap in the verse. It's like the indrawn breath, the space between. And I think that this idea comes back again when we learn about the Caesura and Quoth renaming his sword. So like there's this, like the first thing that kind of wins the Adam over to his side is a Caesura. And I think that is uh, relevant or at least something to pick at when we do this close read. I'm not saying it's a poem. I'm not saying life is a poem, even though it is. And it's a beautiful verse and we should all appreciate it as we ride toward the inevitable close. But I (laughs) am saying that uh, this act of like slicing a conversation, I think, is arguably a caesura and that is arguably what it's not like it's the origin of the phrase or anything like that but like this idea of quoth inflicting caesuras i think is tied into his edemic training culture the way they see him perhaps it's all it's all related yo it's all like themes and shit Mm. is there anything else you want to say on this page i'm good we have a letter here from gary who writes agreeing with jordana on page 683 Hi, Pagers. I'm hoping the reason you haven't read a new mail as of episode 683 is just that you've recorded ahead of time. Great to have you back in our lives. Thanks, Gary. It was and it is. I'm writing to say that I agree 100% with Jordana's interpretation that Felurian describing the Cathay's bite is metaphorical. I suspect that in Felurian's experience, all of the previous men who interacted with the Cathay were left with madness in their eyes. This might be another example of Quoth being a very special boy. Maybe because he has harbored this knowledge imparted by the Cathay, at least with respect to his parents for the most part, he can better hide his feelings from Faluria. Hopefully more insightful listeners will write in to comment on the very different reactions Faluria and Bast have to the Cathay, as you have pointed out. 
Cheers, signed Gary. I think you're right. I think you're onto something that Quoth has like already kind of processed this stuff. Everything that the Cathay tells him is stuff that he's kind of already feared or kind of like already had a lot of time to ruminate on. And he also has had a lot of time like processing profound trauma. So maybe that's why it wasn't quite as damaging to him, apparently, uh, to Felurian, because it, it wasn't like a great revelation necessarily, even though, you know, it was, but it wasn't as great a revelation. Also, maybe he's just a very special boy. If the bite is metaphorical, why does she check him for physical wounds? Hmm. Hmm. Touche. I think maybe they could just both be things that she's concerned about. I mean, he did have physical wounds from, like, running through the bush all crazy. Like, like it's not like he walked in there totally prim and regular. Like, there was obviously something wrong. So if, if anyone walked into a room where something was obviously wrong like i feel like any good person would just kind of give them a look-see yes to be sure but then she would say oh you're covered in little wounds instead of you don't have any cathay bites. yeah like i think the combination of she she's checking him for physical injuries and she explicitly says what kinds of injuries she seems to be looking for that puts it firmly in the realm of the literal for me but we're constantly saying on this podcast that all reads are valid even when that's definitely not true yes <laughs> hey. is there anything else you want to talk about on this letter only that you're wrong not the not, you you not the writer <laughs> yeah well listener you could be wrong on tomorrow's page uh, the wind, wind.